Okay, Nikki is on a wildlife safari, apparently. Um, no, she's actually in her backyard. Yes, and I have this wonderful bird who's decided to start squawking while I'm recording. And so, you know, I'm at you the live, mercy of nature right now. You live on a bird sanctuary. Just that's what you need to go with. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I'm bringing, cool. I'm bringing nature to this podcast right now. That's good. We all need that. We're all spend too much time on our computers you're out there getting some vitamin d uh-huh exactly um, exactly good for you well so, i guess let's talk about space since we're yes going back to our roots you know we really got uh-huh. into the billionaire space race and i miss it um and so let's bring it back uh virgin galactic which was by far my favorite in the space race um just because they had a really wonderful like uh you know uh it looked, it looked nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just seemed very seamless, really good marketing, things like that. Um, but so they're number two, right? So they had their first test flight. It was amazing. Everything was perfect. Spaceship two, is, which is their second one. So um, this is literally the second time since mm-hmm. Richard Branson flew up there and did the big thing. Mm-hmm. This is the second time they've gone up. Yep. And they, they already had trouble. And he was actually on that flight. Um, so he was also he was, on that wait, flight. He was on the second one? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. wow. He was I on the know. second one, I think, with three employees. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, the, the, now there was, there was no, you know, date, nothing dangerous happened. The only thing is that they went, when they were coming back to Earth, um, their descent, they went out of their, their space zone that they were supposed to stay in. And so the FAA is like, "Mm -mm, this is very serious because they want to make sure there's not going to be a danger to public, to the public. So they're just doing an investigation, um, you know, and so they're grounded until that happens. Um, it just stinks because I really like them. Um, and so anyway, I mean, well, yeah. and it reminds you how wild it is what they're trying to do. Yes. Um, but it also seems a little silly. Like the, the article has the photos of them popping their champagne bottles and whatnot <laughs> after that first time. And then it's like, oh, second time up to bat. And we're JK. already in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So uh, anyway, we'll keep you posted. But that I think that was just... Um, a little disappointing when they had such high hopes for, uh, they say, yeah. they say that everything for their, you know, next, um, launch, which is their first, you know, one where they're going to be actually making a profit. They say that one's still on target. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, cause I've started saving my money up and I was really hoping, <laughs> I hope that, you know, it's still there. Yeah, exactly. I got that little cash together. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to another billionaire. Um, Mark. I like this Lore. one. I like this one a lot. Yeah. Uh huh. Mark Lore. Um, I think I he's think an it's Lori. I'm pretty Laurie? sure. Okay. Sorry. Can't keep him straight. Um, yeah. he wants to build a utopian city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am really intrigued by this. Um, I know that this is something that has been um, brought about before by billionaires. Um, you know, just a city where everybody's equal, everyone has clean air, you know, like the perfect just a, city just a basic utopia. Just a yeah. basic run of the mill utopia. I it begs the question, if you were a billionaire, would you rather try to take people to space or build a utopia here on Earth? Like what would be your pet project? 
Um, I mean, out of those two, I would probably try to build a utopian city. I'm, it's like I'm it's like student city. council president campaigns. Uh, everybody gets free uh, vending machines. The billionaire, yeah. billionaires are like, uh, yeah, everybody totally. like me, please. I'll take I you mean, to space. But he's all in. Like he, they are already, they've hired designers, architects. I mean, they're all in. I yeah. think they're purchasing land out West. Um, you know, it doesn't come without criticism from other people who are like, yeah, right. Uh, good luck. Uh, that's never going to happen. Uh, what are you going to do about water? And so anyway, he also acknowledges, Hey, this could fail, but well, the fundamental idea is actually pretty interesting. It's that this city, this utopia or whatever, there are a couple hundred thousand acres that they're going to buy. The city would always own the land. And people could build, buy and sell houses and whatnot on top of it. And currently, that's not how it works. Like in America, you, you know, when you buy property, there's like the mineral rights and stuff like that. And it's all private market. People buy and sell that stuff. And, uh, and so there's a lot to it. And it was interesting because I had, you know, never really thought about that. So the basic idea is like, he was saying if the city owns that land, the land will appreciate over time and could eventually be worth like a trillion dollars and you reinvest it back into the city. And interestingly, it said in Singapore, uh, it's something like 90% of the land is owned by the government. And that's what they do. They reinvest it back in the city, Mm -hmm. um, which is very interesting. Uh, it seems a little too easy to it's like if that if this was that easy to I do agree. i don't know uh why we wouldn't have done it except for all of the other you know stuff that comes in the mix like power struggles and yeah you and know, politics and blah 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 the thing is like who would make the rules do you get kicked out if you fail to recycle uh yeah. what, what are the rules on the type of education you know what i mean um, well, and he says he wouldn't be in charge. So right. before we start to think this will be Mark Laurie's little, uh, you know, town. <laughs> little town, he said he's not going to be in charge. But uh, I think it's a really interesting idea. I hope they actually go for it. And it's not like, oh, we're going to talk about this for 10 years before right. we do anything. But yeah, it said they hired the the architecture firm, or, you know, or the whatever wherever they're from denmark or something like that mm-hmm. designed google's headquarters and the apple spaceship the yeah. big apple campus so they're those guys are capable of designing a utopia yeah um i don't know how who gets to how do you decide who gets to go move there and and stuff yeah i don't like know a, lotter, a lottery or something mm, i don't know um, but it feels like an episode of black mirror okay <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think it's good. I, I like the concept of equitism. It's a little cheesy, like a playoff of capitalism and equity, I guess. But I think I think about this a lot. This is probably way too deep for this podcast, but where, you know, politically people are like capitalistic or socialistic and it's very binary. I think we're quickly gonna move into a space that's not that's none of the above. Yeah. It's not like a zero sum thing. Mm-hmm. And so like super hardcore capitalistic people would think about this idea and be like, oh, this is whatever. Socialism, Careful. communism, scary, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, in reality, it's it's not. It's just a different way of organizing stuff. And he, there is a good point when you think about it in America, at least 
your property taxes, if you own a home, are what fund the public school system. And and so obviously, if you live somewhere with higher property values, you have more money that goes to the school system. And so it creates this problem of like the very wealthy neighborhoods have a lot of money for their schools and the poor neighborhoods have less money for their schools. So it's like fundamentally like there's an mm-hmm. issue there. Yeah, totally. um, I don't know if if billionaire e-commerce guy. So like we should say Mark Laurie was an e-commerce guy. He built Jet.com, sold it to Walmart. Like maybe that qualifies him to, to, to solve this. Uh, maybe not. Sometimes I think billionaires just sort of think uh, they've got the answer to everything. But yeah. um, we'll see. Yeah. Keep you posted on that. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So now on to the techie stuff, the updates, the the good stuff, as I like to call it. So we're going to start with Twitter. Um, so Twitter has launched their super follows, um, basically their option where you can have super followers. Um, we talked about this before, and now it is real. It is live. Um, and I'm really interested to see how it goes. It's a way for creators to monetize um, mm-hmm. and have, you know, basically where their followers will pay a monthly subscription um, and they can get exclusive content. Um, what do you think about this one? I I think it is interesting. Uh, first of all, for Twitter, for a long time, they like didn't change at right. all. Yeah. And now they're shipping all these new features and mm-hmm. trying to find new ways to monetize. Yeah or help their creators monetize, as we talk about often on here, it's just like a talent arms race. Yeah. And these platforms are trying to court creatives and creators to use their platform. Um, and so, you know, good things about it. So basically how it works, if you if you qualify for this program, I think it's, a, it's not like open to everybody yet, but uh, and your Twitter following, you'd be like, Hey, here's my super followers thing, $2.99 a month, $4.99 and $9.99. I think those are the three price ranges. And yeah. all it is, is, you know, your super fans or whatever can subscribe. And then you give those people extra exclusive content that they see in their Twitter feed, but it's clearly says this is like super follower content. So it's just about exclusivity. Um, you know, it's, all of this stuff is vaguely similar. So like sort of like what only fans was to or is mm-hmm. you're paying for exclusive access and content. This is just all delivered in the existing Twitter feed. My, my, you know, I'm not one of these creators, but I would wonder like, okay, I have some specialty or some unique uh, beat that I write on or tweet about or whatever. Um, and now I have a lot of followers and presumably they would pay me for even more exclusive stuff. At some point, like creators don't have that. You can't always be coming up with more exclusive content. Yeah. Unless you're literally a celebrity and then people just like to feel close to you or whatever. That's how I feel like it'll support the most. Um, because creators are constantly thinking up content to just go out on their regular platforms. Um, yeah. so just the idea, well, that also sounds exhausting <laughs> coming up yeah. for exclusive content for them. Um, and I wonder if fans will kind of be let down by maybe the lack of exclusive content. So I don't maybe, know. yeah, I don't know. It's, it'll be curious to see who, and they have a list in there of some of these early creators. And so they're, they're definitely not celebrities. I think that that's an obvious, like bad PR play by Twitter to just be like, Oh, John Krasinski, you can do a super, like who, you know, 
he doesn't need any more money or whatever. So they've got these creators that have unique sort of um, angles or you know, unique mm-hmm. industry that they're in. And they're trying to help them earn more money. We should say, too, uh, the terms are interesting. So creators keep 97% mm-hmm. up to $50,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And then it would bump down to 80%. And so for Twitter, it's, you know, this stuff is like a, a race to the bottom. They're doing it at scale. And, uh, but that's still a lot of money for, for Twitter to come in. Uh, Apple takes a big chunk of it cause this is on iOS. Um, but for a creator, you know, it's like, well, is this going to be a full-time thing? More and more creators are like, they just have so many different revenue streams. This is probably just one of many. Um, but it becomes like, man, you've got to have a content, you know, assembly line going to put out enough different content to do your Twitter spaces and your exclude and keep everybody happy. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see how that one goes. Um, yeah. All right. So let's move on to Instagram. Um, Instagram has launched. Uh, they're going to have a big event called the 10 Days of Live Shopping. Um, really, it's just to showcase their e-commerce tools. Um, I know TikTok's doing something similar. And so it's probably why this is kind of getting rushed out. But um, I'm excited about it. Also, yeah. I'll probably I, be I have to force myself to go look at this stuff because I personally have no interest in it. But uh, I know, you know, I, know I was you feel. we're like the exact opposite. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, it's so why are they why are they rushing? Well, you know, it's September, but everybody, all these e-commerce platforms are already thinking about the holiday surge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, So I was looking at the live tab. I had actually never looked at it or or the shopping tab in Instagram. And then so you go to shopping and then there's a little tab up there to click live. And that's what this is talking about. And I mean, it's pretty it's pretty slick. Like so if you if you're uh, if you follow some whatever makeup artist lady that you really like and she does a live, it's, uh, you know, the little products show up in the live stream and then it's dangerously simple to buy them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all on that live stream it's and i you, qvc for uh instagram <laughs> i know but you know that's obviously instagram and all these creators want people to buy it for me as the consumer and the the tightwad that i am i'm like oh my gosh this is dangerous scenario you, you mix a credit card uh, you know some influencer that that is telling you you need this whatever 60 dollar makeup pad or something uh, Ooh, boy, some you you're gonna rack up some credit card debt. Warn your wife about this. <laughs> no, she does, she doesn't. She's not. She doesn't do that. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, I think it'll be cool. They've got a lot of celebrities on there. Um, who are gonna be, you know, Selena Gomez is gonna be selling her products. Uh, Casey Musgrave. So, um, yeah. It's I'm clearly interested. targeting a certain type of person because besides Selena Gomez. Uh, I don't know who any of those people are. You don't know who Casey Musgraves is? Uh, oh, she's like a country singer, isn't she? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. she has products she sells. Just let's move on. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. So TikTok. Uh, now this is along the lines of what TikTok has been doing, um, giving really insights to people who want to market on their platform. Um, but yeah. they're sharing. They have a new creative performance insights. Um, it's kind of small. Um, yeah, but it's this really- one, 
what I wanted to say about this one is I, I'm I'm not like hating on them, but the best practices, <laughs> the ones they have listed here are like so obvious. Yes, they are. So uh, let me, let me list them off here. <laughs> best practices, you guys, your resolution, it, you know, should at least be 720. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like if you have an iPhone, it, it definitely is. Yeah. Uh, so 83% of top performing videos have a re- resolution of at least 720. I want to see the other 17% of videos that aren't 720. That sounds weird <laughs> to me. I don't think Audio I have- is, yeah, audio is used in 93% of top performing videos. Seems obvious too. Aspect ratio. This is my favorite. TikTok is literally a vertical platform. I don't think I've seen a video on there that's not vertical. And so they're saying best practices, 98% of videos are nine by 16, which is the vertical aspect ratio. It's like, obviously, and, but then this is sort of superfluous. They also have uh, the vertical orientation as 82%. So I guess that's sort of splitting hairs though, but you could have a, a, a nine by 16 video, but the orientation is a landscape, which I don't, I don't know who would do that. Yeah. Uh, The only thing that I, I could see being beneficial for people, again, this is all TikTok for dummies. They're trying to get the older generation to know what even to do on here, because I feel like that's where the big marketing dollars people have. Um, Mm. And so I, 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 you know, for the vertical tips, they, they do have, um, you know, if you feature how many percent, like feature offers, if your scenes are varied, if you have closed captioning. So those are things I thought were helpful um, just for people who are creating these videos for marketing, just to see what is effective. You can say, you can say for all the boomers out there that are trying to pick up TikTok. um, We see you. (laughs) And it will be there soon, Chad. Okay. I know. Hey, no, no, no. We're not that far. Um, Anyway. Okay. Clubhouse. Let's move to Clubhouse. The little engine that could is what I call them. That's Um, good. That's good. Yeah. Clubhouse adds spatial audio um, to their platform. Um, For those who don't know what spatial audio is, it's really you can put on your headphones and hear people are coming from different directions. So it feels like you're actually in a room hearing people from the left side of the stage or the right side of the stage. Um, And it's just a little feature that they've added. I don't know to make it more. So you, to be clear, you have to use headphones, or you don't have to, but it really doesn't make any sense without headphones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this is like a small feature, but it's also pretty interesting. And one of these, you got to try it to understand it. Things Mm -hmm. and they have like an example in this article that you can put on headphones and you know people say, "Hey, hello, hello." Hello. And it literally is one of these, like, it makes you feel like people are all are all around you. And so I'm curious, obviously, like they just want, you know, features like this to make the whole experience more engaging. Mm-hmm. And I want to try it. Um, Cause I haven't, I haven't like listened to a whole clubhouse room with spatial audio yet, but I think it'll probably be pretty cool. Yeah, and I think everything's moving that way, right? We talked about the Facebook Horizons uh, workroom 
um, you know, even in virtual reality, that's what they're doing where you can hear yeah. people coming from the right or the left. Um, and it's all this, you know, everything is probably trying to have people feel more connected without actually physically being together. Um, yeah. So that makes and sense. It's, you know, eventually it's like, well, why it's audio only. You could easily see a scenario in the next couple of years when AR and stuff becomes a lot better. Clubhouse rolls out some some actual sunglass thing that is like an AR deal where the clubhouse room is like you can actually see it, but then you're like, it feels like you're right there with everybody in this room. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, unless you've tried it either in VR or with the, the spatial, my favorite VR story about spatial uh, awareness was I, I made this uh, uh, 360 video and it was for uh, a company I had where these old British guys were uh, ran things. And so we give them the headset to put on the, the VR video. And in the video, it's me like talking to the camera like this, but saying like, hey, you should look around because it's VR and you can look around. And I was so nervous because this old British guy, I, I could tell he was listening to the video and didn't move or look anywhere. And I afterwards, I was like, what? You know, you didn't really look around. And he was like, well, yes, I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> he didn't want to. He didn't want to look away from me because, he, like, I, he was being talked to by somebody oh, in front of him, uh, uh, which is like, oh, that's a you know very polite yeah. audience. I uh, yeah, I, I I've only used virtual reality once, but I think the whole thing was that I didn't. I just had no awareness of my physical surroundings. Um, in real life think, yeah. in real life um yeah. and so i think that's you know the whole point is to make you feel like you're somewhere else interacting yeah. with whoever's like on on a bird sanctuary yes that's where i currently am <laughs> <laughs> i'm bringing nature guys bringing nature to the podcast um okay last one okay so you know you have things you're interested in uh these are things i'm not interested in uh you get to learn that by listening to this (laughs) who likes what uh facebook adds new fantasy games element um to tap into the rising popularity of fantasy sports so uh and i have to say before we started this i told you when i first read this i thought they were referencing like medieval fantasy stuff <laughs> and i was like oh interesting like a like an open world like even even nerdier than uh, than what this is uh no so fantasy sports so here's the deal i think this is interesting i think it may be a huge swing and a miss though because <laughs> you may not be interested in fantasy sports so let me give you a little primer here nikki uh-huh. the uh-huh. reason people do fantasy sports Mm-hmm. is to gamble yeah to bet that's what i thought to loot to lose money with their okay. friends gambling this is all that. non-gambling yeah j- pure fun aka uh-huh. nobody's wants to do this <laughs> yeah uh some people will do it because they're bored uh right yeah Don't but at the same time yeah. it's you know if they wanted to it's I'm sure there's like regulatory stuff that they don't want to get in the Deal mix it. with, yeah. but you've got platforms that have become massive like DraftKings and uh, you know, and uh, what's the one barstool sports launched their own ga- sports gambling thing. Mm-hmm. The, pr- the problem is it's, you know, gambling is illegal in a lot of States. So it's like this weird loophole where these internet companies are doing it. Facebook doesn't want to have any part of that, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, 
well then what it what is this for like i don't know they're just wanting people to interact with their uh application and website so they're like what else can we add that people look oh, at a hundred percent it's you know it's trying to gamify getting you to stay on the platform and so mm-hmm. sports obviously fantasy sports is big so it's easy for them to build out you know college football season is starting nfl is about to start um but it made more sense when at the end they're like, oh, and they're going to eventually roll out like the Bachelor fantasy sports and, uh, you know, reality shows and stuff like that. that uh, Dad, little... I see you interacting with those. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, with those, maybe I would still want I would still want to gamble on it because what's the what's the point of being competitive? Uh, yeah, you know, right. what's the point of a leaderboard on Facebook if I don't have any? What, what am I going to just? be proud of the fact that I'm number yeah, one in my pride, bachelor Chad. fantasy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a cool feature. They probably, you know, it took a couple of 22 year olds a week to build this out yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. ship it and they're like, okay, everybody go uh, play fantasy sports, quote unquote. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, uh, these actual gambling and I'm not a proponent of gambling, but from a business perspective, these, these fantasy uh, gambling companies are blowing up and making absurd amounts of money. Uh, again, I'm not saying that's good. It's obviously problematic because people get addicted to gambling and they lose a bunch of money and yada, yada, yada. But this is not that. This is like pre- preschool version of that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, It feels like Farmville. I don't know if you ever... Uh... Got into oh, Farmville. Yeah. On Facebook I did not get well. into it. I know it. In the Farmville early days, uh, I definitely played on Farmville in the early days in college. Uh, yeah. So uh, I could see people getting into it, but you know, whatever. Yeah, okay. we'll That's see. We There's also like, you know, people find workarounds with Facebook. Like technically, you're not supposed to uh, pay or have people pay to access a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Like it's technically against terms and conditions literally everybody does it though yeah um, they just do it on a different platform and then they're like okay now you have access to our yeah so you could easily do your fantasy uh, survivor group or whatever and just use it to track everything but still you know venmo people their yeah. their winnings and whatnot yeah totally. um anyways yeah. cool All right, guys, that's it for this week. Uh, Join me next week as I uh, go on a safari outside of my backyard. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. Bye.